Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. I'm glad you're here. I'm going to start right with the joke, if you don't mind. I know some of you wait for it. You don't have to wait. So a couple had been together for many years, and one time, one time only, the wife made a terrible mistake. She promptly apologized, and they made up. However, from time to time, the husband would mention what she had done. Honey, said the wife one day, why do you keep bringing that old stuff up? I thought we were going to put that out of our minds and out of our lives. I thought your policy was to forgive and forget. Well, it is, said the husband. I just don't want you to forget that I've forgiven and forgotten. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's actually what we're going to talk about today. Why is it that some things just seem impossible to let go of? Even though there are things we know it would be good if they weren't dwelling in our minds anymore, even when we know that it would be healthier to move on, even when we've maybe done some forgiveness work or uh, maybe seen a practitioner to talk about something, why is it and what can we do about it when there is still something about our story of the past that wants us to Keep reading that same chapter again, go over those same sore subjects, and bring them up again. Well, first of all, I want to frame this a little bit in terms of science of mind, in terms of what we teach here, because we do not believe that the past has any particular hold over the present or the future. You know, one of our guiding principles is that principle is not bound by precedent. The idea that where we have come from, although it may represent a part of, of who we were, does not necessarily mean it represents who we are right now. And so that in every day, in every second of every day, we have the chance to make new choices, we have the chance to be different, we have the chance to show up different, and because of that, because our, our thoughts may be different, we can expect different outcomes in the world. Well, that's, that's how it works, that's how we know that the divine creative process works. And yet, who here hasn't been stuck from time to time? Who here hasn't had that, that still that anger feeling or that lost feeling or some strong emotion come up, sometimes triggered in the most innocent ways. Does everyone here know kind of what I mean by the idea of being triggered by something? It, it can happen so easily. We can be uh, riding a bus downtown and just see a billboard that reminds us of something and suddenly we're seven years old and our mom is saying something stupid to us, right? Do you know how it is? And, uh, and what's interesting about it is sometimes I'll be that seven-year-old boy again. I will literally feel like whatever it was that went wrong or whatever that happened, like I'm right there again, feeling that same thing again. Well, this is the piece 
I think of remembering in the past that really is unhealthy for us and a place where many of us are stuck beyond the science of mind idea of just uh, just let it be, just release it. In fact, I remember actually being kind of pissed off one time, if I can use that phrase with a practitioner, uh, because after I had talked quite a bit and talked quite a bit, uh, she said to me, well, that has no power over you. Just let it go. And I'm like, well, well what button do I press to let it go, right? <laughs> You know, it feels more like the button's being pressed for me to remember it again. You know, what? there's got to be a different button. There's got to be a, another method here for getting rid of this thing. Because if I was just going to forgive and forget, I would have already, you know. This isn't something that's pleasant for me. Well, we're reading Brene Brown's book, Rising Strong, um, this month, and she has some ideas about this that are, I would say, compatible, absolutely compatible with this science of mind uh, idea, because, of course, she recognizes, too, ideally, we just let it go, and that we make different choices, and we have different thought patterns. But she also has, I think, some good clues for what we ought to do when we're stuck, when we really do notice that we're being triggered into remembering and replaying events from the past, uh, when we feel a little stuck around moving forward. And she talks about this in a couple different ways that I want to share with you today. Uh, first of all, she says that oftentimes you'll notice this happening when there are unresolved emotions. In fact, I think Ernest Holmes' idea of just letting it go works great if when you think of that thing that happened 20 years ago, it's just something that happened. Do you know what I mean? Because we have thoughts like that too, right? We're not always somehow traumatized when we think about things that happened 20 years ago. I mean, even incredibly rotten things that happened 20 years ago. Many of us have moved past that. We've decoupled the emotions that went with it and we just said, oh, oh my gosh, yeah, that really did. I'd almost forgotten that. That totally did happen to me. And, and, and it's done. We just release it. But what Brene Brown says is if that event still has an emotional tang to it, if it still uh, wells up in you, sadness or anger or something like that, that's when we want to dig in. And our first step is to say, recognize, re really come to a reckoning of what happened and how you felt about it. It's no good covering it up. This isn't something we can just say, oh, forget it, because we would have forgot about it already. So she suggests that we actually bring it up and first of all, ask ourselves, what happened versus how do I feel about it? And the idea is that we'll begin decoupling how I felt about it, how I perceived it, the effect that I think it had on me. We'll begin looking at that as a separate issue from what really happened. She says sometimes this all by itself is enough to have a profound effect. We'll begin noticing that what happened is actually the smaller part of the story than how I felt about it. That the thing that happened may have actually been an innocent occurrence. The universe wasn't actually funneling all of its anger or all of its bad deeds onto you in some purposeful way. Do you know how we take things personally, right? And so part of this process is to say, this was not a personal, I mean, it felt personal at the time, but hopefully a few years later we can look at it and say, I was at the point of a perfect storm, right? It wasn't a definition of who I was. It wasn't intended that somehow the universe was punishing me 
but I did have a very severe reaction to it. And so that's the first part of saying, what happened is not defining me. What happened is not a situation that reflects who I am. Now think about, in fact, let me use an example here. Think about sometime in the past when maybe you embarked upon some kind of fairly important project. Now it could have been a project at work. It could have been a project with family members. It could have been planning something, something that kind of blew up, something that didn't go well. And for most people, that would bring up a sense of maybe failure or, or lack. Maybe shame was involved, even, depending upon what happened and how people reacted to it. But I want to suggest to you that we often then, when we have a failure, we perceive ourselves as a failure. When something happens, we internalize it to say that I caused this, I, I am this in a way. We will translate a, a, a failure in planning to say, I'm, I'm no good at it. We translate a, a, a misstep in the business world to say, I'm just not a successful person in business. We will somehow apply more than just what happened and internalize it in a way that, what? It sets us up for more failure. When we begin seeing ourselves as less than, we begin accepting less than from the universe. When we see ourselves as being incapable or unlovable or, or, or any of the things that would imply there's something lacking in us or something faulty with us, if we accept that on the personal level, not just something that happened, but who I am, oh my gosh, that is the path to personal destruction because then you're saying, I deserve less. I am less, so the universe should treat me with less. I'm a mess up so the universe should give me mess ups. I'm, I'm ugly, so the universe should bring me ugliness. I'm, I'm poor and worthless, so the, right? That's how we know how it works. So Brown, uh, Brene Brown has a, a huge point to make here. The decoupling of us feeling about ourselves and about a situation, decoupling that from actually happened is critical. Because the goal here is, years later, I want to be able to say, oh yeah, I remember what that, I remember that day. I totally remember uh, playing that entire key in the wrong, that song in the wrong key, or I entire, <laughs> I'm getting it, my friend can't hear, he's looking at me. <laughs> uh, but do you know what I mean? It, it, it's like, I still remember when I was at University of Oregon in summer theater, and for one of the shows, I was supposed to be dressed up in a horse outfit, and I walked out on stage without half of my costume. And I still remember this little seven-year-old boy pointing up from the audience saying, Mama, it's a man. <laughs> I couldn't go on stage. I could not go on stage. I felt so ashamed. I could not go on stage for three terms, and I was a theater arts major. When we begin viewing ourselves as less than, it shows up everywhere. The next part of this, in addition to this idea of processing through the emotions and trying to see that they're separate from what happened and separate from who we are, we begin to, if we can, actually reframing what happened as part of what makes us the powerful person that we are today. 
Now this is the other key, and this one's a little tricky, right? Because you have to get beyond the idea of feeling like you are a failure, because if you're still in that place, it's gonna be hard to say that what happened actually is gonna propel you into greatness. So first we have to decouple that. First we have to see ourselves as whole. But then, very cleverly, we can begin seeing that the places where we have stumbled and the mistakes we have made are actually increasing our ability to show up in the world in a way that's successful. And in the book, she has a story of a, of a young woman entrepreneur who made a couple terrible first starts in the business world. The first one, uh, she was ready with a, opening a new store and, and had a beautiful store and, and did a lot of work around it. And she totally didn't understand the marketing involved. And so here she was in a new business, no customers. And, uh, and unfortunately, uh, before she kind of realized what was going on, the, the bills had mounted up from the store and all kinds of things, and, and there was what would be considered by many people a significant failure. A few years later, uh, she made another start, and because it was a seasonal business, it was just her timing was off. She had gotten the idea of publicity and marketing right uh, and, uh, and, and those aspects of it, but it was a seasonal business. And, and her clue was the place that she wanted to rent the storefront at was so cheap right then as long as she signed a year's lease. Well, it was cheap because she wasn't going to have any customers for six months. The town emptied out that time of year. So just one simple thing, she went through another, what could have been perceived as a failure. But you know, the magic here was, that's not how she viewed it. How she viewed it was, I learned about marketing. And what a way. It, at the time, it felt crushing to me. And yet, because I was all in, because I wanted so to learn how to do this and be right about it, I learned things about marketing and the importance of it that I might never have learned if I just went to community college and took a marketing class. And I learned how to involve other people at it. I recognized maybe I'm not the best at marketing. And so this was my opportunity to involve other people in a powerful way. And so there was a, a, a feeling of actually success in that first one. And the second one, she said, I just chalked it up to a dumb mistake. I should have recognized it seemed too good to be true to get the lease that cheaply, and I just hadn't figured out the timing of things. Now I know. And so her third business, huge success. Many of us might have been crushed by the first one, right? Many of us might have just said, I need to go back to work for a big company again. I'm just not a good enough personal businessman. I don't know how to do what I need to do. Instead, that did not daunt her. Instead, she rose strong. You know, the title of the book that we're using is called Rising Strong. And that's the heart of this message, is that when we have a perceived failure, we first of all, we don't say, I'm a failure. We simply say, oops, here's what happened. And yeah, I'll take even ownership for, for most of what went on. I've got broad shoulders because I'm going to rise from this. I'm going to learn something positive for this, and I'm going to move into my greatness. 
So the final piece of how she says to handle these these nagging things from the past, she calls uh, the idea of rumbling with them. And to her that means being introspective around uh, the events and around putting things into a proper perspective. And so one way, uh, the, I suppose the biggest picture of this is simply to say every failure you have ever had got you to this point right now. Do you know what I mean? We, w- we would not be the same people. When I, when I look back at some of the, oh gosh, the amazing uh, good and the amazing not so good things I've done in my life, uh, I, if I were to have not done also the bad ones and the terrible ones, I probably would not be standing here for you. I mean, gosh, I can remember um, at least 10 years of my life that was devoted to drinking more than anything else. And I will tell you, I am so much stronger for that time period now. I've been clean and sober now for, gosh, uh, over 20 years. And, uh, and I would not be here if it would not have been for that period. So do I think of it as something that I wished had never happened? Do I think of it as a, as a miserable low point? Well, I don't want to go back there, right? But it has allowed me to rise strong. It has allowed me to see the strength of myself and, and taking the time to work through some of the issues that were going on in my life at that time have allowed me to be who I am right now. Now that's maybe the ultimate reframing idea that everything that happened got you to this position. Uh, Brene Brown would even suggest maybe taking it down a little bit further to see if you can actually see some connections specifically between some of your failures and what you learned from it. The places where you have made mistakes or the places where um, something has come up and it's not worked out well. See, she says, if you can't actually find right in that situation, either what was learned, what good came out of it, the idea of you being freed then to move on to something else. She says, generally, if you are willing to look for it and not feel the pain of the emotion that goes with it, you will actually see the seeds of something good that came from it. So I've given you a little bit of a tall order today, and it's time to discuss homework. You know, I I do occasionally like to give out homework. I would like, and I and I bet we'll have, I bet we'll all have a chance sometime this week to feel a strong emotion about something that happened in the past. I, I'm just guessing that somehow throughout this week something will trigger in us a memory of something that happened in the past that we weren't very proud of, something that felt crushing, um, something negative uh, that happened that we still have a strong emotion that goes with it, whether it be fear or anger or sadness or something like that. I would like you, if you're willing, to take that first step of her process and see what you can do to see yourself as separate from what happened, to recognize there's the emotional reaction versus there's the what happened. And so maybe begin by talking about what happened in light of that happening so long ago. Was it really the universe out to get me? Was it really, did it really need to be such a painful situation? Or can I begin looking at it as just something that happened, something that I have moved through, something that's new in my life?
And then look at the emotions. Was this a button that's being pressed? Do I have to keep responding to having my buttons pressed in that way? Can I process through these emotions and come out with a different result? And then for those of you who like extra credit, and I know there's, I think, one of you that, li- that likes extra credit, I would say try the reframing thing. So once you process through the emotion, see if you can reframe that thing that has you a little bit emotionally stuck, reframe it into seeing yourself rising strong from what happened. That now you're more creative, now you're smarter, now you, you know some things not to do as well as some things you want to try to do. So that, that would be the ultimate is we've actually reframed that thing that happened into something that shows our strength, shows us standing in our authentic power. Make sense? Okay. I'm going to close today with a, a quote from uh, Brene Brown from Rising Strong uh, and a prayer. She says, owning our story and loving ourselves through that process might be the bravest thing that we'll ever do. We own our stories so that we don't spend our lives being defined by them or denying them or hiding them. And while the journey is long and difficult often, it is the path to living a more more wholehearted and successful life. Let us pray. There is one power. There is one presence. There is one life. There is but this one thing called God. And what I know about God is that it is present everywhere. It is moving in and as and through me as well as everyone within the hearing of my voice. It is God's good pleasure to be present fully in each one of us. Each one of us is an individualized consciousness, a part of God's divine mind. And because of this, I know that God's idea of past, present, and future, it's all blended together. In God, there are no regrets. In God, there's no being stuck in the past. There is just this present moment in time. And so for myself, I claim that ability where it suits me to let go of the past, to know that it has no hold over me, to begin decoupling emotions in my own heart that that may have been stuck based on ideas, based on happenings, based on events in the past. I, I let them go through that process of honoring the feelings that were associated with them. I let them go through this idea of rumbling a bit with them, uh, feeling them and then releasing them. The idea of separating what happened from who I am and, and how I feel. Ultimately, I accept the idea of rising strong, rising above and powerfully with the things that have happened in the past, making me who I am now, making me into someone who is solid and strong, capable and lovable. As it is true for me, I know without question that God's gifts are available to all. I know without question that each person here has that ability to likewise see themselves and their past in a different light to bounce back from any kind of adversity or or so-called negative happenings of the past and rise strong. So for this, I give great thanks. I give great thanks for the 
just the power of the divine to flow through me and heal me. And so I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.